Hello and welcome to TBR Spotlight from the Big Ski, your companion podcast to the Fast and Furious saga. Beep, beep. My name is Owen and I promise I'm not going to do any more crap sound effects. Well, I'm probably, probably going to do a couple. Um, but I'm delighted to be joined on this journey through the Fast and Furious world by two people who live their lives one quarter mile at a time. It's Rory Cashin and Gary Carl. Hello. How are you getting that? Hi. I, I do... I do live that way, but that's just because I'm a very slow walker. So I don't know if it means he's fast or slow. What does it mean? I think it's because the races, like in the first movie, are meant to be a quarter of a mile long. Okay. So I think it comes from that. But there's no point in living your life that way because he only seems to do one every few nights. So for the rest of his life, he's not living. Is that right? I don't know. I. I, I can't multitask, but it seems mm. like I've 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 I'm doing better than, than Vin Diesel is in this mm. anyway. Now um for anybody, any of the uninitiated, um we did have a little introduction to what we're gonna be doing for this uh TBR spotlight series. Uh but basically we're gonna be recapping uh the Fast and Furious saga, starting off today with the first two films. Now there was a wee bit of confusion <laughs> over the names of these films. And I'm wondering like Gary, our very special guest here, um, would you mind like do you know the names of the films? The first two <laughs> yet. I'm not gonna lie, I still am a little bit confused, but the first one is The Fast and the Furious. No, no, yes. no, no. It is, yeah, is no, it? it okay. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I was correct. second no. guessing myself. Nailed it. And the second one is Too Fast, Too Furious. Yes. Right? Spot on. Excellent. Off the flyer. So which one is the fast or fast and furious? The fourth one. Oh gee, okay. That's you you don't even have to I'll concern yourself that's with next, that that's one. That's next for week's now. problem. When I watch them, <laughs> yeah. it'll all click into place next week. So Well, before before we get stuck into the recap of the series, we do have to acknowledge like we couldn't let this moment pass uh without saying history has been made here because not only, Gary, had you not seen any Fast and Furious movies. You also had not seen any Vin Diesel movies in your entire life. And I'm wondering, well, first of all, did you did you watch the films? First of all, yeah, I I was I was to be honest expecting um Vin Diesel to be extremely cheesy because I have like you know you'd you'd see the odd trailer throughout your lifetime throughout the past twenty years. I would see a little bit and go, oh geez, I'm never going to watch these movies. <laughs> but um, so that Sorry. I was kind of expecting that for the first one because he was in it. Um. And I actually, I was, I was left thinking that wasn't half as cheesy as I expected it to be. Yeah, okay, which, if it, which yeah, shocked me. Yeah, he does. He does have a certain amount of charisma on screen. I think. Yeah. Um, he's not. And, uh, there's. He's not the best so, actor in the world. No. No, Are you sure? Far from it. Have you seen <laughs> the Fast and the Furious? I have quite recently, actually. Yeah. <laughs> quite recently, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like he, he, he and Paul um, Walker—they're not the best actors. No, and I, I think Paul Walker always has this kind of like when he walks into a scene, it's this slow strut, almost like the director's going, "Go on, Paul, go in there now, go, go." <laughs> the camera's rolling. It's it's just a weird thing, kind of. I don't know. The group of the people when they started introducing them was almost to me like Saved by the Bell, but after they finished school. Mm-hmm. Like Paul Walker was Zach Morris, then there was um the bully fella, kind of a bully lad there. He was AC Slater. AC Slater, yeah. yeah, Vince. There was a screech kind of type fella there as well, the guy with the what was it 
the ADD or something. Yeah, that's the guy. The guy who was like one one of the other mechanic experts. Jesse yeah. was his name. Jesse. R.I.P. Yes. Jesse. Unlucky. Didn't and, see that um, coming. Yeah, is Vin Diesel? Is he supposed to be some sort of heartthrob fella? Is he? I do know I of people who who do find him attractive. Now mm. it does like that. I judge them for that decision, but yeah, um, you're right to. Like I, I do think he, like he and Paul Walker are both supposed to be, and then I guess as well Michelle Rodriguez and um, Jordana Brewster, as well. I think it's meant to be like a group of attractive people driving fast cars, living dangerously. Um, yeah, and it's all meant to be like very exciting. But I do, I do pre- like I got the same thing rewatching. I was like, it is a bit high schooly. Um, but definitely, because Vin Diesel's meant to be twenty four. In this, and he what is fundamentally he's not very fresh face. Years old. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to be fair, to be fair to me, he does look like a younger version of Vin Diesel in this film. Fair. But I would, I would, I would, I would not have had him at uh, at twenty four. So, first of all, a bit of context about the film because Rory, this one, as you said, came out twenty years ago. Now my mm. maths isn't isn't up to scratch. So we're talking what this came out in June two thousand and one. Okay. Oh, that's right. Because we're actually pretty much almost celebrating it uh, yep. nearly to the month. Um, but like in terms of it coming out initially, because this has gone on to spawn billions and billions and billions of dollars. Yeah. So initially, like what what was the kind of reaction? Because uh, I, I don't even remember seeing this in the cinema, but I know I like had this vague recollection of like, I've definitely seen this somewhere along the way. No, yeah. Like it's, it's based off... Um, some producer in Hollywood read an article in, I think it was Vibe magazine, and it's about the underground uh, racing scene in New York. And you're like, oh my God, that's so cool. It's so it's so hip and now. We've got to make a movie out of this. So they bought the rights to the, to that article and then transplanted it to Los Angeles um, and got Rob Cohen to direct it, who before this had done like Dragonheart and the Bruce Lee story and Daylight. Um, and then after this fellow of Hollywood, because he it turns out he was a what you might call a bad man, so he's not around anymore. Um, right. It's funny that uh, you picked up on specifically Saved by the Bell because we're go- I'm going to talk briefly about alternative casting choices who Hollywood initially had in mind for these roles. So Jordana Brewster initially was meant to be played that character i think it's is it uh, mia mia yeah so she's mia toretto dom's sister was re- was written specifically for eliza dushku who said no okay yeah then it went to kirsten dunst who didn't pass the audition and bizarrely natalie portman was up for, for this role before it went. Natalie Portman in the Fast and Furious franchise would have been amazing. Yes. Uh, Paul Walker, uh, before he was the first one to actually sign up for the film, but producers uh, offered it to Mark Wahlberg, Christian Bale, and <laughs> Eminem. I, I kind of I want to see I want to see an alternative yeah. version of this entire universe, basically with with all of these other casting choices. Yeah, and then the Vin Diesel role uh, was initially offered to Timothy Oliphant, but he said no because he had just done Gone with sixty seconds and it wasn't great. Uh, then they went to Colin Farrell. Oh, what? And believe it or not, Mario <laughs> Lopez, who played AC Slater in <laughs> Saved by the Bell. 
Unbelievable. Brilliant. So, Gary, you could have been a Hollywood producer. You were like, I want AC Slater in my movie. And I want him stabbed. That would have been unreal. Yeah. Um, well, he does He, he does have the ability, one of the, the, the few, I imagine, criteria for that role initially, um, which is just an ability to wear like uh, shirts with no no More sleeves shirts. on them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and massive, his baby massive face. arms. His baby face as well, like Vin Diesel in that. I actually like. I, I don't think I've ever seen well I haven't seen any Vin Diesel movie mm. uh, and I've rarely seen pictures of him online because I always <laughs> thought he had an annoying face that I would just like not look at it sure but yeah because he was because it was my first time seeing a Vin Diesel movie I pictured like that that's what he looks like today which I'm not even sure if he does but he to me he looked like he looked like a fella who you'd known for years and had a beard you've always known him to have a beard and has just shaved. And I didn't know what to make of him. Do you know, like, <laughs> it's just, he had one of those faces. I just don't know what to make of him. But yeah, he was far less cheesy than I expected him to be anyway. So I like his well, face a, a bit more. Well, what about the, well, yeah, you're, I suppose you're going to have to get used to his face really because he is uh, going to hang around imagine. for a wee while. But um, in terms of, like, that's that's okay. If, if Vin Diesel's face, you were less put off by that than you were expecting. Yeah. What about the film itself? Because, like, coming into this, um, we had listed, I actually forgot to list one of your qualifications the other day. It's not that just that you have the word car appears in your surname, Carl, but it's also the fact like, <laughs> like I've been in cars in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have the ability to drive a car, but that's where my interest in cars pretty much stops. Rory, I, I, don't, I don't know about you. Are you, are you a gearhead, a petrol head? I don't know if gearheads and petrol heads are the same thing. Um, no, neither. No, uh, can't drive. Have also been in cars. Can't drive, won't drive. <laughs> but like, I, I'm more, I'm more driven than drive myself. Nice. Um, okay. But no, no. Like the the extent of my interest in cars is probably is within entirely the Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, but Gary, you on the other hand, like you, you love these things. You're actually you oh, yeah, with absolutely. a car or something. Or something? <laughs> what, what's your relationship with cars? I just, I absolutely love cars. Um. Since I was a child, my like both sides of my family are they were into rallying or did rally, uh, so I was kind of brought up, uh, dragged to rallies as a child with my father and stuff. And um, well, I wasn't dragged there; I loved it. Uh, and just just my dad would change his car. The, people used to say he would change his car more than his underpants. So my dad had a fascination with cars as well, um, and still to this day he'll have a car, and then a month later he'll be like, "Oh, Gary, I'm thinking of getting this, swapping the car for this." Uh, and I've definitely inherited that that from him because uh, I yeah I've been driving for ten years, but I probably had like twenty cars. <laughs> so, but I I love tinkering around with them as well. Like I I especially love vintage cars and um vintage. I do appreciate exactly a vintage, and I I appreciate old um Japanese cars in particular. So seeing the Fast and Furious was was upsetting actually to be honest because um (laughs) (laughs) there were some nice cars that would have been nice in their original state and just seeing the way they were on that movie brought a tear to my eye so is this essentially like um uh because again like whenever i was watching the film uh and bear in mind i think it's been about 36 or 48 hours since we last were talking about being about to watch the film so Mm. i feel like (laughs) I feel like the music is so loud in those films. And like, I feel like I'm speaking at a louder volume this entire time. But when the cars rock up on screen 
and there's a sequence in the first film and they pull up and it's one of them at a time and it's like a red one a blue one a yellow one a white one and i'm like <laughs> yeah i know all the cars and they're all the colors and now i'm an expert in these fancy cars but to you this was like what heartbreak and you were like oh my god yeah what have like, you done to my beautiful cars it was like those they used to have those max power magazines remember them in the 90s they were for like car modifiers and stuff max power i think it was called and it was around it was pimp my ride around that time as well yeah. that would have been like early noughties and stuff yeah, yeah it would have just so been around fast furious time yeah it, it that scene was huge back then and uh i remember going to car shows you'd have all the nice kind of vintage classic cars that were kept original and immaculate and stuff then there would be the section over the corner with the loud dance music playing all these uh tugs sitting up in the bonnets <laughs> and the the loudest stereo systems hanging out the boot and stuff but um yeah it kind of reminded me that the opening or well the very first scene when they had the meet was kind of like Castle Troy and Limerick outside McDonald's on a Friday night. But it looked like the lads' parents were wealthy because they had too much money to spend in their cars. But that that's and then and then there's like suddenly all, all of a sudden there's this Pizza Hut delivery car drives in the middle I of the like, yeah. like there's the most blatant product placement ever. And it had absolutely nothing to do with the storyline. But I just thought it it was yeah, as I said, it was like Limerick on a Friday night outside McDonald's, but Pizza Hut were trying to steal some of the limelight. <laughs> That's what it felt like. <laughs> so is it safe to say out of all of this, like without even knowing, you've probably, your life is closest to the Fast and Furious saga, essentially because like, as you said, your dad would have been bringing you along to the different rallies and the races and stuff as well. And then, uh, yeah, because I've I, like I, I've been living vicariously through these films, just basically from my sofa. Essentially, <laughs> but you are like if you were one of the characters in the film, guy, who who are you relating to most out of these? Um, I don't know to be honest. No, I, probably none of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't relate to any of them. Uh, I I'd be more into like yeah, slower vintage cars. I'm not about drifting or tearing down the road drag racing and stuff but um but i do appreciate uh a good old car like <laughs> an escort i have a mark one escort it's 50 years old uh and it's spotless i i polish it maybe twice a day <laughs> <laughs> twice a day well sorry we're taking you away from your your polishing uh no i'm moment. just back <laughs> oh you're just fucking perfect happy days oh, Roy can you remember the first time you saw this film or like what you mm. like as you said like have you is this one you watch like religiously you know when people are like oh, I've watched uh, all the Lord of the Rings films again or I went through all the Harry Potter films is this a, a pilgrimage for you? No no I, I can't say I've I've watched it maybe since having seen it in the cinema so yeah like this this was 20 years ago and um, it is very much a product of its time <laughs> like even outside of uh, the, as you said, the, the incredibly obnoxiously loud music. One of the songs was Limp Biscuit Rowland, and I was like, oh. Yeah, I was so happy that appeared, because <laughs> every song up until that point had sounded like it, and then it kicked in, and I was like, that's what I've been thinking of this whole time. Yeah, that whole, uh, like, as a society, as a world, as a population, we allowed that genre of music to exist for far too long. <laughs> um, and that that's just like the the... The peak of awfulness in terms of bad songs. So when I, when I played, I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot about that." <laughs> um, plus, I think there's a homophobic slur like two minutes into the film as well. I was like, "Ah, so yeah, uh, like that oh, wouldn't yeah. fly in the in modern Fast and the Furious movies." But like, it is was that when they were fighting like, over the. Sorry, I was just saying, was was that when they were fighting over the 
it was like a tuna sandwich he was eating or something. Precisely. Yeah. 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 yeah I didn't expect that either. No, like it, it is, it is very, especially when we get to talk to the, about the second film, but like it is, it is funny, like how kind of small it is, like the, the, they're, they're going after TV, DVD combo sets. Like that's what's being stolen. Yeah. By, by I was trust. thinking, I was thinking, surely there's like drugs or money or gold no. or something no, hidden no, in DVD those televisions, but not even, they were like VHS TV combos that you would get in Lidl and, uh, Friday or something. They would just, be worth a fortune today, though. To probably. be fair, the VHS ones. I actually went old school for watching this one because I know there are different ways of of watching. But I uh, I was looking back through my DVD collection. I was like, I have a box set of oh, the wow. first uh, of the first six films together. Um, I know uh, obviously people are are listening to this, but I'm holding up so the lads can see it. It's like the six movie collection uh, of the Fast and Furious uh, films. But uh, the DVD when you put it in. There's old um, kind of public service announcements where the cast give you uh, a warning telling you not to. They're like, come on, man, stay legal. Don't, like, don't be <laughs> trying to recreate any of the stunts that they pull uh, in the films. And basically, don't be going out and doing illegal street racing just in case you were inspired to do that off the back of them. Or if you're like, come on, man, don't be wearing... Uh, shirts with no sleeves on them come on nobody nobody needs that kind of stuff <laughs> but uh, i know you were saying it was very of its time uh roy and i know that we're familiar with the the more modern films as well and it'd be interesting to see guy how, how you think they, they kind of progress throughout um but yeah. um one of the things i loved about the first one like right from the opening was they they're, they're actual real stunts <laughs> like mm. they're actually doing it or they get uh you know a gathering of 40 50 cars and like hundreds and hundreds of people to be extras in these scenes as well now there is cg as well because i was looking at the dvd extras and it's like would you like to watch all our you know cgi extras and how the visual <laughs> effects are made so i'm going to do those tonight but um but no i i love the fact it was like oh there's actually some element of authenticity here because they've actually hired all of these people and shut down all of these roads to do it. Whereas like in the modern ones, which, you know, we'll get there. But if they were recreating something like that today, half of them would probably be fake. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, I, when you were saying about the, you know, the music and stuff, um, the volume of it going up and down, like we, we have this sound bar and that, that took me a good, I'd say hour holding the remote in my hand, trying to turn up the speech, turn down the music, turn the speech up. Then I, for a finish, ended up plugging out the soundbar because it just like there's no bass in the TV alone. So I just had to plug out the soundbar and listen to it. And it was kind of manageable then. But yeah, it's awful mixing. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I did. I did have the subtitles on as well while I was watching it. And every time like the music popped up, it just said pounding electric music and i was like yeah that's that's, 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 that's pretty accurate that's pretty accurate all right um in terms of like so was it was it a massive hit then rory at the time you know you know was this an immediate like well obviously we're gonna make 40 more films in the fast and furious world like yeah like it had a budget of 38 million um it made 207 which is uh you know big success especially for like a, for a brand new franchise critically um it did okay, fifty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which feels about right. I think like I, this isn't. I don't think this is a Stone Cold classic um, action film. Like you can see so much. They're trying to recreate Point Break. They're trying for Paul Walker to be Keanu and Finn to be the Zen cool Patrick Swayze. They don't quite get there. Um, 
probably because I, I feel like there's there's one race at the start. Now, there's one heist at the start. And then it's the exact same heist at the end, except it's during the day. And yeah, that's kind yeah. of it in terms of action for the film. Um, now, to be fair, the, 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 the scene at the end is, is actually kind of exciting because they've got that bully guy hanging on and his arm is being torn to bits and everyone's trying to yeah. save him. So it's, it's actually, it's well put together, but it is like, it does feel small and but it also feels like it's it's hitting something that was very 2001 in the music and the pimp my ride cars and everyone just being cool and attractive and it's los angeles and we're breaking the law and this i think the drag race that's meant to be quarter of a mile that goes on for two minutes should have ended after 11 seconds so yeah. and also like, yeah. Aren't drag races in one direction? It wasn't a usually point to point, was it? Because that kind of confused me at the start where uh, one of the characters kisses his girlfriend and has a little fondle. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that bit. Uh, was this the one that was like, you can have me, me and her yes, as well? Yes, yeah. That's Ja Rule. <laughs> ja Rule. Oh, was it? Yeah. What is Ja Rule? <laughs> that was Ja Rule. because he did the soundtrack as well. He did some of the soundtrack, yeah. Well, like when we get to... He was meant to come back. For the second one, but right, he, okay. he, he, the producer said he got too big for his boots, so his character was rewritten, <laughs> and Ludacris took that role. And right, okay, and so that's how own. that all panned out. Okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah, what confused me about that scene was I thought it was a point-to-point, like start-to-finish, quarter of a mile. Uh, like in Castle Troy. Yeah, exactly like Castle Troy. Uh and then when they got to the finish line, all the people that were at the start line were there to greet them. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't, I do, so I, what was that about? I was well, there. I maybe maybe the, they went to a point and turned around and went back. Or else the people just had better dragsters than them and got there, got there before them. I think was that, did they not like loop at the end and come back? Possibly. I, did, I missed the loop. There might That's have been a roundabout. Yeah. <laughs> just up just up at the other oh just up at the end. But it is Garden it is amazing point. in those scenes whenever the car like returns, uh like they're all like maybe I'm just getting old. I'm like, they're standing very close to that car. You know, that <laughs> car could could knock somebody down very quick. But they're like and they all like it's whenever like it arrives back in at the as you said, like the finish line slash start line, and they all like immediately gather around, they're all hanging on it. You're like, get your hands off the car. Someone's gonna be killed here. Um <laughs> but not um, for a third time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not three times in the one day. That would be ridiculous. Um, there were uh, some other highlights for me watching back because I, I did think, I'll be honest, like the first film, I was, I was like, I'm pleasantly surprised. This is way better than I actually remembered it because I could, I would have completely dismissed it previously. But between, as I said, those, um, those excellent stunts, I didn't think Paul Walker was as terrible uh, initially as you were saying. But he did. I know what you mean about the Keanu Reeves comparison. You can definitely see what they're going for. Um, in terms of in terms of his casting, but one of my favorite things uh, were some of the cops. You know that like the perfectly cliched cops that they were working with. You know in the department and the FBI task force that they had teamed up with as well. But my favorite line in the whole film, and there are some crackers in there. But it was like you know he just needs a little bit time, a uh, bit of time to crack the case and and get to the bottom of who's doing it. And the FBI gets up and goes, "You want time? Buy the magazine." And you're just like, <laughs> "Yes." 
this film is five stars now for me because that's <laughs> it's not it's not going to get better than that essentially. So no, there was a there was a lot to to love about it. The floppy disks were back whenever they were mm. like the computer graphics and everything were amazing. Um, so a nice bit of uh, nostalgia uh, there as well. But Gary, any other highlights for you? You know, what about the story in general? Like, did you enjoy it as a sitting down and watching as a film? Once you got past Vin Diesel's recently shaved face slash uh what they were doing to your beautiful japanese yeah. cars were you able to put those <laughs> things aside and and enjoy the film yeah i took it for what it was um and it was fun like i i, th- I thought it was a fun movie um and it was definitely aged terribly like it was like uh the up op- in ways it was similar to a bond movie like as in you had your villains you had nice well Nice cars in inverted commas. Sure. Uh, you had the girls. Do you know, it was it had similar things, but it just did not age like a Bond movie. Um, and it wasn't as slick. But it did have the cheesy jokes. Um, but yeah, no, I I, I definitely, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Like, um, way more. It kind of shocked me that I enjoyed it. Um, wasn't expecting to. But um some of the scenes, like the opening scene you were saying with the cars driving beside the truck, uh, I was kind of confused as to why the cars were making gear change sounds, even though they were cruising down the motorway, <laughs> possibly at top speed. I was kind of wondering, how many gears do these cars have? <laughs> it kept going, eh, eh, eh. and I was like, you're already like at top gear, surely. I don't know how many more gears. So that kind of confused me a bit. But I, um, I can answer that for you. It's because it's cool. Uh, <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, to get in all those turbo whooshes and mm. yeah, 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 dumb sounds. It would be amazing to have the nitrous oxide. Is that, is that a thing that happens? Like in real car? Like obviously they, yeah. they yeah. pump up these cars with um, performance enhancing nitrous oxide or NOS as they as they call them. Like I feel like. That was can, it. I, can I get that somewhere? Is it all illegal? Is it is this illegal? Me even asking? Can I get that somewhere? I think it's illegal in road cars, but you can you can use it in drag racing and stuff. Um, but they did. I knew I knew of people back say twenty years ago that had cars with nitrous oxide in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You can you can say it was your dad. That's fine. That's no problem. That's, that's no problem. Now, with each of the films that we're going to be looking at uh, over the course of the series, um, I did. I, I have put together a little thing because, um, as we said before in the initial introduction uh, of the previous episode, Roy, you are our advanced expert in the Fast and Furious world, mm. and Guy, you're coming to them like a provisional driver anyway. Yeah. But I was wondering, like, we're on pretty much equal footing here. Whenever we've we've all just rewatched it just in the past day or so, so um, I have put together like a little quiz. Uh, where the two of you can go head to head, almost like oh. two of the racers in in the film. Um, I was going to say if you don't if you don't mind that, but like I'm just going to go ahead and do it anyway. Um, Here we go. That's all right. So this is a, a wee feature um, that we're a wee quiz that we're going to be calling the. You have to be fast with your answer, or you'll be furious because the other person got in there before you. And now look, they've won the quiz. Quiz. <laughs> Catch you. Okay. This is kind of a quiz. It's it's the brevity I enjoy the most. I think. Yeah, there there was no other way of 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 naming that quiz essentially. (laughs) Um, Okay, so it's basically all you have to do is shout out your your name first of all, uh, and then whoever shouts their name out first, you get a chance to answer it. And it's best of five essentially. Okay, Okay. so here we go. So you both did. Do you want to just practice your buzzer there, Rory? Rory. Excellent. And Gary. Gary. 
yeah, they seem to be working. Okay, so question number one. And some of this may have already come up already. So, like, uh, I know you're, I know Rory's actually super competitive. So, I know you're playing a cool. <laughs> you you want to kick Never Gary's been ass. in a competition in my life. Because <laughs> I don't consider anyone competition. Let's go. <laughs> Let's just say uh, so, now I won't be upset when I lose. <laughs> <laughs> so question number one is, what type of sandwich does Brian keep ordering when Gary. he goes to visit? Oh, Gary's in there? Tuna. It's a tuna sandwich. One nil <laughs> to Gary. What, Roy? What? Uh, what? No, I'm not saying anything. I, I would have said uh, tuna sandwich yeah. without the crusts, but that's fine. Okay, well, uh, here's... Question number two. I actually thought um, it was without Chris. <laughs> the Hold the toothpaste, please. Um, uh, question number two was crusts or no crusts? Rory. Gary. Just answer this question. <laughs> oh, Gary. <laughs> no crusts. <laughs> yeah, you have to do it in order of the quiz. Gary got in there first, Gary. Was it crusts or no crusts? Yeah. Uh, I can't be seeing his answer, no. No, go it ahead. Was yeah. With no Chris. <laughs> no Chris. <laughs> Am I right? Wrong. Okay, oh, we'll, no. throw, we'll throw that one over to Rory. Rory, it was, of course, no. Crusts. Crusts. Okay, so that's okay. one. Two. Okay. <laughs> was the tuna sandwich, like, not all the questions are related to <laughs> the tuna really sandwich. Not. It's not looking that way. <laughs> but the, it's only these first three. Don't worry mm. about it. Uh, was the tuna sandwich on brown or white bread? Gary. Gary? Brown bread? Uh, I'm going to throw that over to Rory. Is it white bread? <laughs> Rory, however, did you get that correct? It is I hadn't a bread. clue. It was a 50-50 okay. answer. If, if, Rory, if Rory gets one more question correct, Oof. then he wins uh, this. Uh, hold on. Let me get the name of the quiz again. Inaugural episode of the, <laughs> you have to be fast with your answer. Or you'll be furious because the other person got in there before you. And now look, they've won the quiz. Quiz. So question number three. Brian is an undercover cop for which police department? Rory. Rory? The LAPD. LAPD. Roy Cashin, straight in there with the win. And Gary, you were correct. You said you'd be, uh, you did say you were going to lose. So, <laughs> so, what were you uh, actually going to say? <laughs> condolences uh, at this time. But yeah, so um, overall, Gary, in the uh, having watched that very first, just, just counting the first one now, that first uh, Fast and Furious film, um, would you say it's one of your favorite films of all time now? Or where does it rank? Um, no. no. <laughs> Would you say it's your favorite Vin Diesel movie you've ever seen? It is definitely. Without a doubt. And it's also the worst. <laughs> so it's safe to say, having just, whenever you did finish watching that first one, uh, that was it. It's literally, it's top position. That's it sorted. It's your number one Fast and Furious yeah. film uh, for now. Rory, take us back. Uh, so that was 2001 mm. and then you got the world everything's happening that's grand that's grand you've got and the world suddenly, and everything you've got happening. the world the world is happening this is me like doing like a little time lapse uh-huh. like a montage of, of the next uh, the next couple of years because we hit <laughs> the world is happening there in the yeah. background just mm-hmm. imagine the world yeah. and the stuff and then it's now it's 2003 and look here we are Chow. and suddenly it's the release of too fast too furious and the first thing off with the, with the name of this film yeah. to be fair to them that has entered like any 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 time there's even a hint of any sequel mm. people would in, will inevitably take the title of whatever the film is and add in the numbers to something to something yeah like so didn't, didn't we nearly call this podcast too big to reviews key 
<laughs> well, we, oh, why didn't you say that three days yeah. ago? <laughs> that, would, that would have been amazing. Um, but yeah, so where are we? Too Fast, Too Furious, 2003. Yeah, the first one made a lot of money, so uh, the producers were immediately like, more, more now. Um, so they got the writers to work on two separate scripts, one that would have had Vin Diesel in it, and one that didn't have Vin Diesel in it because uh, he apparently was going to be quite tricky to nail uh, for the second one. They offered him $25 million to come back for the sequel. Sweet Lord. And he said, no, I'm going to make Chronicles of Riddick instead, (laughs) which he did. (laughs) Um, And at the time, he gave a quote where I have actually written it down because I thought it was fantastic. Didn't do the sequel because they didn't take the Francis Ford Coppola approach to it. I think he was uh, yeah, making yeah. a Godfather comparison with <laughs> um, Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> um, so he said no, but everyone else except for Jairul uh, came back. Um, well, he was too big for his boots. He, yeah, too big, two boots. Couldn't do it. <laughs> this is, it's endless, the possibilities. <laughs> so uh, Ludacris came in uh, in the new character. Obviously, that worked out for him uh, going forward. And I, I will say that um, having been slightly shocked by the homophobic slur at the start of the first movie, I was equally shocked by how insanely homoerotic Too Fast, Too Furious turned out to be. Because... For the entire film, I was like, Paul Walker and Tyrese, they're going to kiss. They got, they, they're going to kiss at some point. They have to. There's a, there's a point in the film where they're racing and Paul Walker says, I've got something for your ass. And I had to stop the film oh, because yeah, I, I couldn't stop it. laughing. So <laughs> I think they may have over course corrected for the sequel. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like they didn't course correct a lot of the other stuff, though, because whenever I was re-watching this, I actually realized I haven't seen all of Too Fast, Too Furious before. This is one of the ones where, I don't know, because I don't like to give up on films, but I was like, did I not see all of this through before? Because it did feel like this one was... I don't know, in the way that I was pleasantly surprised by the first one and then looking forward to the sequel, I was like... Oh no, I find this uh, a wee bit disappointing now. But um, yeah, like, is this something like Gary? I suppose, like, again, were you excited going into the sequel? Um, having, <laughs> having just watched I, the first one, I went into the second one thinking, "Oh my god, I'm only one eight through this. One ninth, <laughs> one ninth, one ninth. Is there nine? Yeah, I thought the ninth one wasn't out yet. Ninth one is, is it the, out? the ninth. Fast and Furious Nine is the tenth one. There's a wee spin-off just that's uh that's so second that, so it is. <laughs> we'll get to it. That's the future. I, All clear clear as mud, clear as mud. So yeah, so you were coming into Too Fast, Too Furious. And, yeah, I was cursing the day you'd signed up for this. <laughs> Twenty minutes into the second one, I was questioning if if I just put the first one on again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't understand what was going on. It had the car me. It had the introduction, like the same camera angles, the introduction of the characters where it looks on the furthest car from the right and then the focus pans through all the the, the windows to reveal the next people, <laughs> characters. Mm-hmm. And the, um, then I had the police show up, everyone scatters. And like, that was all the same for the first, apart from that little uh, Honda Civic car chase at the first one. Anything after that for 20 minutes was exactly the same, I felt. 
with if different characters. <laughs> That's exactly. I was like, oh no, I have no need to watch. Well, I was kind of happy. I was like, I probably have no need to watch the rest of the movie. <laughs> it's just going to be the same thing with different characters. Did you feel that way? Well, yeah. So for context for this one, because um, I actually paused it at one point and I was like, have we gone prequel or is this taking place after the first one? Because obviously uh, at the end of the first one, uh uh, Brian has let uh, Dom go, essentially handed over the keys to his car and he's, you know, fought every fiber of his being and he's undercover and he's like, no, I just love this guy so much. I'm going to let him go on the run, essentially. And sorry, we didn't even talk about the fact that <laughs> <laughs> Paul Walker's character has just shot a man off a bike and then he just leaves him and then runs after and has a race. With this, like, just shot somebody, runs off, has a race, uh, and then obviously the big the train stunt at the end. So then at the start of this one, I was like, okay, is he has he gone like deeper into this world or is this before we see him as a cop? But obviously it becomes apparent then that, no, this is after the events of um, The Fast and the Furious. Uh, and we've moved to Miami now, so we're away from LAPD. And obviously he's just this king of like unbelievable uh, street racing. But... Do they ever really address why Dom and Toretto and his gang aren't around? Like, obviously, we've moved location, and that kind of does a lot of the heavy lifting for, like, well, they don't live in this city, so we're not going to talk about them. I think it's, we're like, I think we're meant to just assume that because um, Mia couldn't quite get over that he, she, he'd lied about being an undercover cop to the first one, that, like, he just has to set up his new life. Um and I think this this script, like as Vin Diesel himself said, it, it's it just didn't do the Francis Ford Coppola thing of uh, really yeah. tying back to the first movie. It was like another story that they just put Fast and Furious kind of the name on it and the characters, yeah. but like that that could have just been any other people in any other film. Um <clears throat> I I, re- I remember sitting watching it and I was, I, as it was playing out. I was like, I my brain was actively deleting the plot as a, as I was going through it. I was like, wait, why why are we here again? I couldn't remember the story as I was watching the film. I could remember there was a bad guy, you pretty much, and up. there was Eva Mendes, and there was a rat in a in a in a bucket, bucket. in a bucket, yeah. Uh, but the rest of it was like, this is maybe the most forgettable film I've ever seen. Yeah. You've actually just summed up, like I, I was trying to figure out how I felt about this while I was watching it. And that is the exact description because as I was watching, I actually rewound a couple of bits. <laughs> and I was like, but wait, why have I missed something or have they just not said anything that's happened? And I, I, I ended up, I think I was about 20 minutes to go and I ended up rewinding bits. And when I pressed play again, to find it was like, oh yeah, this is the bit when they were talking about something. When I hit play again and I saw the time stamp on it, it was like 33 minutes in. I was like, what have they not explained any of the plot in like <laughs> over an hour? Um, so there was, I, I know exactly what you mean. It just felt like everything was of little consequence. It was like just a, like a vehicle for, well, hey, hey, um, for uh, like obviously Roman Pierce to come into it. And uh, to be fair to, to he's played by Tyrese, Tyrese Gibson. Tyrese Gibson. And he brings loads of charisma yeah. and kind of comic relief. And he brings, because again, no offense to Paul Walker, but he, there's some of those wooden kind of deliveries of, of lines and things. But 
uh, Therese Gibson, to be fair to him, um, yeah, brings a bit of life to certain scenes as well. So um, there were good elements in there. I suppose one of the things that it did make me realize, um, one of the positives out of it is it's fine focusing on all the street racers and the personalities and the souped up cars and all of that. But you forget about the people who make those street races happen because at the very start you get this truckload of like uh people driving around and putting up the road close signs which was like of course somebody has to do that job <laughs> like do you know what i mean and like who has like all these spare road close signs essentially so now i think any like the next time i'm out in the car like driving around Derry or anywhere in ireland i'm essentially going to be like i spot a road close sign i'm like mm. Sometimes furious <laughs> illegal street racing going on down there. If I know my street racing, then I do. That's exactly uh, what's happening uh, down there. So, Guy, were there any uh, redeeming features for this one? Like, even in terms of the story, because I know both Rory and myself, we were like, what? what? Does this have a story? <laughs> Was there any redeeming features? Um, the audio levels were better. <laughs> yeah. That's what I found. That's one thing that stood out to me. For sure. That's you didn't have to hold on to the, the only one much. thing that stood out to me. <laughs> um, I no, thought I, I thought the, the rock bucket scene was was good. I hadn't seen that done before, and I thought that, that was, was dark. Yeah, I thought that was a real kind of Scarface kind of thing. American Psycho. Yeah, I think I can't remember if it's in the film, but it's in the book. There's there's, there's stuff some... like that goes on in the book, and it's. Uh, but I remember when that popped up. Yeah, exactly the same. I was like, oh, I did not expect this to go this way. Yeah, I am. Um, do you know the the two thugs that worked for the main baddie? I don't mm. even know their names. But they they kind of like made friends with them at the end. Yeah, yeah, they made friends and then they weren't friends, or they weren't friends initially, and then they were pals, and then they just ejected them out of the car. Yeah. Like those guys, they were afraid of nothing up until the scene where your man had to take the steering wheel while uh, Paul Walker's character was uh, using the throttle. <laughs> Remember that? And he's <laughs> hanging out. Your man was panicking, like and. I don't know how to drive. <laughs> and he was nearly crying. And I was like, what? <laughs> He's going around beating people to death. And, and this is the scariest thing that's ever happened to him. <laughs> that, uh, I didn't get that. And there was another scene where they were, they were doing a drag race and uh, whoever won got the other person's car. Mm. Remember? Um, and then they were playing that game of chicken there in the middle. But as they were started that race and they were accelerating, surely when you start a drag race, you foot to the floor top speed go on uh this fella it shows a close-up of his foot and halfway down the the track he decides to full throttle then which i didn't get i was like why why are you only half throttling until halfway down and then i know it's for for added effect and an extra camera shot but yeah that wouldn't happen <laughs> what about the gear <laughs> the gear change noises were they okay the gear change noises were good yeah they um they give proper engine sounds to the cars which was nice or believable was, um, Happy days. <laughs> um, I know you were saying that the first film obviously paid a lot of tribute, or well, paid a lot of tribute. It just ripped off uh, Point Breaker was attempting mm. to. Um, I like how the scriptwriters in this one, they were just like, oh, well, one of the character traits of of uh, Brian is that he's a massive fan of Goodwill Hunting because not only does he use the how do you like them apples line <laughs> once, I think he uses it during multiple uh, drag races or whenever he's getting away from the cops and stuff as well. So that was in, they're just like, yeah, let's just take that line and throw that in there for the crack. Not just once, but multiple times. Yeah, there's, 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 there was a, some real failed attempts at uh, characterization. There's a scene where Eva Mendez arrives on his houseboat, I think, 
And she's like, oh my God, I've got some, I've got some secrets. We have to talk about secrets. Ah. And then she kisses him and then she kind of jumps off the boat again. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Where did, where did any of this come from? Um, cause throughout the entire film, you see Paul Walker's looking at her, at her, at her bum on camera mm-hmm. and Tyrese is chastising him. He's like, don't you look at your, don't you look at her bum because we're, we're in love in this film. Don't look at no one else's bum. <laughs> um, so you only have eyes for me. So we're kind of like meant to believe that she is fallen firm based on nothing. And then at the end of the film, when you think, oh, maybe they'll end up together now, she just kind of walks off. It's like, right, see yeah. ya. And then Tyrese and Paul Walker go off happy together. And you're like, they, yeah. They yeah. walk off. Yeah. But I was, it just, it was Build very <sighs> poorly scripted. It was just a bad, bad. And you could tell at the end as well, when you're like, wait till you see our clever reveal of how we're going to get away with all of this. Wait till you see. And then when they reveal it, it's like, it's some more cars than you thought it was going to be. It was like, mm, yep. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I did I did think, yeah, as you said, um, uh, pretty scripted. It kind of feels like a bunch of people had a go at writing it, but they weren't talking to each other at the time. Yeah. And they've all just kind of threw in different, different elements because right from the very start, this one felt like more, <laughs> and this seems like a, a weird thing to say about even the first one, but like this one was a bit more style over substance uh, because I did feel... Um, after watching or rewatching the first film again, and I know we we hinted at obviously the family connections that that do run through uh, the Fast and Furious films, and I'm always aware, Gary. I don't want to I don't want to spoil too much or or hint mm. at too much that's coming down the line, but family does. Uh, I won't be spoiling anything. <laughs> they really spoiled it all. Um, but no, like the the family element. I actually looking back at the first one, I thought, oh, they've actually set that up kind of effectively like it's not just like a throwaway thing oh let's put this in the fourth film or the sixth film or seventh or whatever and really try and uh crowbar at home it's like no this these seeds were planted way back here at the start um so there was a bit of uh quality i felt like even in the storytelling then just with with dom and retelling the story of his dad and stuff and the kind of connection he has they're like i think uh, Brian describes him as a gang. It's like we're not a gang. Like you know, we're a team. We're a family. Um, like it's right there from the first film. Um, but this one just felt like it took a step back. It's just like no, this is just a mishmash of some races, as you say, Gary, that have just been copy and pasted from uh, the first <laughs> film. A plot that doesn't make sense. Uh, somebody who read one chapter in American Psycho and decided to stick a rat in a bucket, and then like, and then the film ends, and like that's 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 pretty much it. And then and sorry, the last thing was the, the just, CGI. Uh, there's so much CGI in this one. Oh, there's even way in the more races. In this one. I'm like, you're just driving a car down a road. Like, you don't need CGI for this. Yeah, I'll, I'll have a look at the DVD extras on the second one and see if it lets me do a, like a, a scissor reel of all the special effects in that one. It is weird that Eva Mendes signed up for this because she feels like she's a like a level above, uh, like the kind of the star power of this particular film. It feels like if Eva Mendes came into it like a few films later, you're like, okay, yeah, <laughs> now we're talking. But it was interesting because I again completely forgot that she even existed as a character in the fast and furious films yeah like she 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 does kind of again when when someone who who comes in and not too much shades to anyone else but when someone comes in and they can act it does feel like oh (laughs) oh an actor an actor's reading the lines as opposed to 
two pieces of attractive wood talking to each other uh, on either side of the screen. Um, yeah, like I did. No, I didn't like this one much or at all. Um, <laughs> in any way whatsoever. No, no. And it, it, like, you know, it's bad. And you're like, I miss Vin Diesel. You know, it's not a, it's <laughs> well, not a good thing. <laughs> I actually did feel that way as well. <laughs> even the even the ending bit, the reveal of the money and stuff, it was like a deals version of Shawshank Redemption, where the two lads just <laughs> set up their own business. <laughs> they get all this money. And that was it was terrible. <laughs> and they barely stole anything. Like they had bags and bags well, of money. Yeah. And I think Paul Walker comes away with like one wad of cash, and uh, all Terry Gibson as well. has, has has three or four wads of it like you know stuff down his trousers and that was it's like lads you could have stolen a bit more like if you if you were really you know um bad guys but with hearts of gold uh you could could have done better than this but i i know what you mean um one of the things gary well first of all did you ever think you would be saying the sentence i kind of missed you know from last week <laughs> or the other day having never seen a vin diesel film to finding yourself in a position where you're saying i kind of wish vin diesel was in this one i miss vin diesel man. yeah it's as you said, that, that sense of family or something, that family unit kind of feeling in the first one, that wasn't there. And uh, and he was like the big, the father figure, I suppose, in the first one. Um, and so you missed it. There was, yeah, there was no, like, it, it was just two lads and they were kind of thrown together in a really loose background story. Um, yeah, it was, I actually did miss Vin Diesel in that now, to be honest. He'll be delighted to hear it. I've got some good news for you, Gary. (laughs) Good news for for the rest. But yeah, um, I suppose, Gary, one of the other uh, key things that that will become apparent, or you might have heard before uh, with the other Fast and Furious films, is that they they always kind of try to outdo what they've done previously. But I'm just... uh, Obviously, the climax of the first one takes place uh, where two cars are racing against a train, like trying to get... across a train line before it gets there but what did you think of the climactic uh climax i suppose mm. of this second where they're like because i was like what are they going to do here and then it's literally they just plonk one car on top of a boat oh yeah yeah um it was weird because the scene it looked like the boat was on a river at the start and they were racing beside it yep then it launches on top of the boat looked like an estuary kind of a did no longer look like a river and it looked like the the place where he ramped from like they were acting as if they had just landed and they were hurting and stuff but when it showed the the view from the back of the boat they were like two miles away from land and then um <laughs> then it showed uh then the, the the last scene when they're pulling the boat into the into land looked like a lake was it like a lake i don't know it was very confusing it was it, they must have been on that boat for weeks, I'd say. That's what that's what I got out of it. <laughs> the point is, they've covered a lot of water, basically, on their journey to get back to land here. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Plus, it, it, that's what I found. it seems like a bad idea if they're driving the boat, no, driving the car into the boat with the hopes of saving Eva Mendes, because there's a very good chance they'll kill her. Yeah. Yeah. Doing very that, doing chance. exactly what they're trying to do to save her. Plus, it I'm tr- just. Is that is this? Where were the, the other exact... lads on the boat? Oh, they were just about. I thought it was more. Someone than... had to be driving it. <laughs> they, because, were, yeah. they were just around and about. When they landed on the boat, it was just the two of them fighting the baddie fella mm. with the, with his shotgun, um, and there was no one else to be seen. No, for that whole scene. Yeah, I was like, where are the other lads? Maybe, maybe it was a good landing, and he 
killed every, killed every single other person. Yeah, that's what they've Mendes. done it like Wizard of All, All style. <laughs> Basically, they landed right <laughs> on top of them, and your man's feet just like roll up underneath the car, essentially. <laughs> yeah, so they, they did the job perfectly. Um, so, yeah, is it safe to say then, from what everyone said, like, if we are kind of looking at, uh, you know, how good these films are so far, is everyone's favorite film so far, so far, the first film in the Fast and Furious saga, yes? Which is called The Fast and the Furious. The Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Okay. That's the one. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And, and then Too Fast, Too Furious. Because, like, in, inexplicably, this one cost exactly twice as much as the first one. Um, so, what's the ninth one called? That's a tough question. You know, like you Do you mean it? Like, because there's one called Fast and Furious 9, but the ninth film is Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw. So what is the ninth film? Is that the eighth film? I, like that—that's what's confusing Oof. me here. Um, or is it like an eight and a half film? There's, there's... Roy did promise that you you were going to do up like an instruction leaflet or booklet <laughs> yeah. for for Gary. So I'm... if we can get that printed out and sorted for next week, like a handbook, yeah, that would like, be amazing. Like yeah. a, like Kinder Egg instructions. Yes, like I, I something simple. You need to. I've I've never encountered a film series through titles and timelines to be as complicated as this like as as we go on yeah. you're, you're gonna have some questions there's no point in me trying to answer them all now uh, because <laughs> like, i'm just worried mind. that we go to do a recording and uh i end up talking about like film number <laughs> seven instead of five <laughs> and I'm absolutely they, are, lost. they are gonna start uh, merging into one well the thing is i think storyline wise well as we said the second one doesn't really have a story and the first one is probably as simple a story as it gets so if we're already kind of struggling with this who knows what way we're gonna go um it doesn't necessarily bode well now i know before we finish up um both of you are absolutely dying to finish up with the quiz for Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> mm. In the repeat of the feature that we did earlier on, uh, the you have to be fast with your answer or you'll be furious because the other person will get in there before you. Yeah. And now, look, they've won the quiz. Quiz. Yeah. So are you both like buzzers at the ready again? Yeah. Are you just yeah. sticking with your previous ones, just Gary and Rory? Uh, yes, sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay, here we go. God, the excitement is palpable. Here we go. Question number one. What city is Too Fast, Too Furious set in? Rory. Rory, okay. Miami. <laughs> Miami is correct. Oh, wait. That's a good connection because Eva Mendes was in the Will Smith video for Miami as well. Maybe she just never, She's the one she just started never left. She never left Miami. That's why she was in the film. Okay, so 1-0 to Rory. And bearing in mind, it's 1-0 to, to Rory in the overall quiz series Jeez. as well. Okay, question number two. Again, this should be a pretty easy one because we've covered it. What animal does Carter Varun use to interrogate a Gary. cop? Gary. A rat. A rat. A rat. A rat. One each. This is just amazing so far. Okay. What nickname does Roman give the Italian American driver he goes up against? Um, he spots him. He's standing beside the muscle car, and he's kind of like, and it is a character from a nineteen seventies US sitcom. Oh, Gary, go on, Fonzie, Fonzie. Yeah. <laughs> That's the hey, one. Chico. <gasps> Gary's so close to. Uh, to the finish line here, uh, but is Rory going to press his wee nitrous oxide button? I don't know. <laughs> and then get another one. At the end of the film, what does Brian suggest they open up with their new stolen money? Gary. The money? Gary? Is it a garage? It is a garage. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. 
3-1 to Gary. And overall, it's one each. And do I have to do the name of the feature again? No, no, it's too long. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> the Fast and Furious <laughs> quiz. There we go. That's the one. <laughs> I've abbreviated it. Um, okay, God, that's. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to those two. So next week on TBR Spotlight, uh, the second episode, uh, looking in at the Fast and Furious saga, Roy, what have we got coming up? We've got... What do we, what do we have to do? We've got what do we have to put ourselves through? Films three and four. So, Gary, this is your homework for next week. Okay, I, I'm actually going to write this down. Okay, it's <laughs> The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Okay, Tokyo Drift, I've heard of that. No prizes, I'm uh, guessing where that one is said. Yeah. And then the okay, fourth the one is simply Fast and Furious. Oh, All okay, right. I better not end up watching the first one again, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, judging how the first and second ones have gone, there's a good chance you'll be 20 minutes into the fourth and then realize it's actually just the first <laughs> one again. <laughs> By the end of the series, like Gary has been committed in some kind of mental asylum where he's just like talking through all the Fast and Furious movies, essentially, and rocking in the corner. Um, Gary, any ideas or thoughts as to what way the story might go? I mean, you said you were missing Vin Diesel. Are you hoping that he returns? Uh, yes, I am. I hope it goes back to a nice family orientated film. Mm. Um, fatherly figures galore and based in Tokyo with all the neon lights and stuff. I assume uh, I was in Tokyo there two years ago and it's an amazing place and they have amazing cars. So I'm looking forward to the cars and the scenery and the neon lights. And I Vin hope, Diesel. <laughs> if I hope in, in, the, in the same way that the first two films like were ruining your childhood memories of things that you actually love. I really hope. It's like, <laughs> you're like Tokyo is one of my favorite cities in the world. I'm so happy that the next film takes us there. And you're like, at the end of you're like, oh my God, I hate Tokyo. <laughs> I wish I'd never been there. So sorry for ruining your life, Gary. Um, well, listen, uh, thank you, Gary, for joining us again, as we said, on this journey through the Fast and Furious world. Uh, Roy, thank you as ever. Um, for all your little tidbits. Bits of tid, you got it. Your, your, your bits of tid. Please bring more bits of tid mm-hmm. uh, next week. I'm still I'm still looking forward to watching uh, AC Slater opposite uh, Natalie Portman and in the alternative version. And, and Eminem <laughs> as well in the alternative version of The Fast and Furious. Uh, thank you as ever to Sound Paul on Sound. And thank you to everybody who listens and subscribes and like listen to this uh, while you're out in the car. This would be perfect drive time music or drive time listening, wouldn't it? It would, yeah. Plus, we've given them all their own homework to do for next week. So everyone now, if you're looking, uh, the first two are currently available on now, and I think like mm-hmm. PVOD platforms, and the second two are also currently available on now and PVOD platforms. So if you're looking to kind of do a watch along while we do our retrospective, that's where you can find them. Excellent. And if you don't want PVOD, just give me a text and I'll lend you my DVD. Mm. And uh, you can call around to my house and I'll get that sorted. No problem. No bother. Sorted. Um, Right. Okay. We'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye.